You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. So, John, you were telling me the other day about a study you had been uh, reading and looking through and, and, you know, obviously studying the study from Baymert Institute about the about us type pages on sites. And some of those numbers you were telling me about surprised me, <laughs> to say the least, because it kind of goes against some other things I, I've believed in the past and how brands should operate. The first one was, I think it was 62% of people shopping on, on smaller product sites or small catalogs and direct-to-consumer brands interact with pages on, of the about us or what is our story, what is our mission. But then if you move to larger retail sites, such as like a you know a Target or a Nike or some of those big major brands, Baymert found that only 37% of users explored those pages or spent some time on them trying to understand what they were trying to accomplish. And always looking at the differences between small and big brands, as small brands try to become big brands, a lot of times you've advised clients and e-commerce managers to move some of those links from primary navigations and use different strategies to kind of get that point across. And so you're kind of adopting big boys, but there's still a lot of demand on those small sides. So um, I guess I want to understand a little bit more around your logic behind a lot of that and how smaller brands can, I guess, still get that story of who they are and what they're, and what they're trying to do in the world while they still sell stuff. <laughs> which is the, at the end goal what they're trying to do with their traffic so enlighten us today yeah great question and and i love this topic because it's something i get pushed back on all the time and i think that's why i was sharing kind of some of this information was because the reality is that you know people come to me like yeah no i i've read this research report and i had to go find that research report which is why i came across these numbers and they always say but people look at these pages and my analytics say that baymard says it you know, so who's right? And it's not you, by the way. <laughs> and so I really wanted to kind of have a conversation about it because I think it's worthwhile. Here's the reality. In my mind, there's just no debate about whether or not the information should be on your site. It should. Mm -hmm. It's just not even a debate. Yes, it needs to be on your site. However, I have very strong opinions about where and how that information should be presented. So I think a lot of people get that confused. They say, well, John says we shouldn't talk about ourselves on our site. You know, I mean, I did publish a book that said Stop Marketing, Start Selling. It was the title. And so I can understand how people may get that confused. But <laughs> I don't hate marketing. I just feel like it has a time and a place. And it's generally before people get to your website. Mm -hmm. um, it's what drives traffic, not what I converts. Agree. I would agree with that. Oh, great. I'm glad to hear that coming from a marketing guy. Yeah. All right. So so it's almost like you're, as a small brand trying to grow big, you want less people to look at your About Us because that indicates maybe they're growing big <laughs> or they already know who you are. I mean, you could definitely correlate that from the data, right? Like, the, you know, here's the reality. I think the smaller you are, the more people have, uh, or the less people have inherent trust. Mm-hmm. Right. So people aren't coming to your site. Like when they come to the Nike site, they they trust Nike. They know Nike. Um, they see people wearing it. They've seen you on them on TV. When, you know, they come to a smaller site with a brand that they maybe heard on social or somebody referred them, they want to know more about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it makes sense people are looking for that information. The problem is that consumers have to go to an About Us page because that information isn't anywhere else in their buying journey. And so that's where it becomes an issue. So now I have, again, opinions about where this should go. Got it. Okay, so 
if, if we're going to start advising people, because we like to tell people specific things they can take mm-hmm. away from this and actually accomplish, what are some of the, the first things they need to be looking at or thinking about if they're, I guess, trying to, if I'm summarizing well, you're trying to move from the About Us page, who we are, to mm-hmm. along that process to buy mm-hmm. on the site. Like I'm looking at a product page, I should know, I'm guessing something about you, right? For sure. Yeah. You, you know, how can you tell that story without taking people out of the purchasing journey, out of the funnel, which if they have to go to your about page, that's generally what's happening, right? You're taking them out of that conversion funnel because the about page is unlikely to be deep in the conversion funnel. So if they get to a product detail page, we want to send them all the way back up to an about page. So first, you know, my, my thought is that some brands and products need more storytelling than others. And I think this is an important context and why I kind of want to start here. Because at the end of the day, there's some product categories that consumers need more information about to be able to purchase. And they're interested in the details. Um, And others where decision making might be more transactional. If I'm buying on Amazon, it's likely going to be more transactional. I need AA batteries. How much research do I care about? who the manufacturer was like most people are probably on Amazon buying the generic Amazon brand they're a utility they're trying to get a job done right mm-hmm. but if someone's shopping for let's just say a nightlight for the kid uh, and this is relevant for me because you know I have a five-year-old just just went through this and am I going to take the time to read the founder's backstory and research how the product is sourced I mean maybe but it's more likely that I just want to get an affordable light <laughs> that works for my kid to feel safer and so that I can get more sleep with a quick delivery time. There you go, right? <laughs> so you really need to know your product and your audience. And most companies do. They know it better than anyone else. So you're, you know, the brand is the best person to determine how to display the backstory and you know, production processes that need to be featured. So I guess you know, to summarize, should it be published somewhere on your site? Yes, probably. Mm-hmm. Does it need to be a dedicated page in the primary navigation? No, likely, likely not. And it probably doesn't make sense to bombard a, a product page if you're driving a lot of shopping traffic to bombard your product page with a bunch of details about how you manufacture a product or the, all those love right. and care you put into the, how the it screws into the outlet. Or Yeah, know. I mean, great point here, right? That you got to find that balance. You really need to find the balance. And the problem is the smaller brands and the mid-sized brands, they always swing in the direction of too much of that content. Almost always. They mm-hmm. love to talk about themselves and they think that's why people are buying from them. Unlikely. People are buying from you to solve their own pain or need. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, they have a nightlight they need. Okay, great that it was made sustainably and you came up with it because you had a similar pain for me and this type of nightlight works best and has all these features that are really cool for kids. That's great. I'm happy to do that but and, and hear about that. But where should that content be? On the product detail page when I'm in that buying journey and I want to know about why it has certain features. That's a mm-hmm. great time to tell a little bit of your story. Yep. But again, like you said, I think the whole story should be probably elsewhere. Like it's you don't want to mm-hmm. stop them on like, ooh, let's read this story about how <laughs> this person did this. It's like, no, 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 no. They're, they're, yep. they're on your product page from shopping to transact. Okay, so you've got you've got all this content on your site already. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how amazing your brand is and your mission and how you came up with all your wonderful sustainable nightlights. <laughs> what do you do? Where do you put it? Like, does it just evaporate and you try to like put half here, half here, half here? Well, we'll get to that. I think the first thing is you you don't remove the pages. We will okay. use the content elsewhere. And I definitely want to talk about that. But I'll start by saying you keep the content pages. However, yeah. you just move them to your footer. Get them out of the way of the main shopping journey 
It's still there if people want it. It's still there if for SEO purposes, people search your brand name, you know, things of that sort. They could be great to have those about us pages, uh, especially as you start getting some press, things of that sort. That's a utility type of thing that mm-hmm. would be helpful to have that page, but it's not helpful for the buying journey. So about us style content can absolutely be a differentiating factor for your business. It's just not in that buying journey. So what I highly recommend is you think about what information should be on that page as well. And we'll start, you know, start there by saying, you know, answer questions. Who do you serve? What problems do you solve? What makes you and your products different? Who's behind the company? That's something people want to know. Founder, the team, investors, mm-hmm. even maybe. How did you start the company? What was that pain you solved? Right. What do you stand for? Are there any missions? Are you a B corporation? Things of that sort. So shoppers want answer to those questions. And, you know, as a brand, they always enjoy telling their own stories, which, again, I don't I'm not suggesting you don't. But you should absolutely consider putting in a, a dedicated page. Just don't put that in your primary navigation. That's really the biggest thing. Move it to your footer. Well, I think most people also understand, too, that that's where you go to get that. Like if it's okay. not in the main nav, like I know it's going to be in the footer. And if it's not in the footer, then I'm like, it's almost like, what is wrong with you? Like I, tr- I try to find your about us. It's funny you say that because you know, so much of our user testing shows that visitors are checking out the footer for that information. When we do user testing, we say, hey, can you find more information out about this company? And we you know, go find more information out about this company. The first thing they do, scroll all the way down and look in the footer. Mm-hmm. That's a big reason we say that you really should have all your trust information down there so that people develop some trust, know you're a legit brand. Things like the part of that is the trust trifecta, which is the, the phone number, email address and physical address for your business. Those mm. all should be in there uh, in the footer. And another one is something like you know, our story about about us page. So again, I argue that you should keep that information, but move it out of the primary navigation, which that prime real estate of that that header main navigation, it's best used for commercial links, product categories, seasonal information, new arrivals, accessories, so on, right? Not just uh, information about you. It's all information about solving the pain for the consumer. So if the key thing that I always see is if you say us in, in a navigation item, it should be removed. So about us, why us, right? If it's if you're talking about yourself in your main navigation, that needs to get moved. That's a, a it's a good way to look at it. One of my big pet peeves. So you've got the wheelie on all the email stuff. <laughs> it's the endless scroll homepage that I can't get to the footer. Yeah, I'm like, who? Somebody designed something there that wasn't thinking about somebody that like just I don't know who you are and I can't get through this endless scroll of products. Let me get to the footer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that happens yeah. on category pages most often, probably where it's like, oh, you can scroll through all of our. 500 t-shirts i'm like god oh, actually just trying to get to the bottom of your page because yeah. i clicked on an ad looking for a t-shirt and i know you have them let me see who you are yeah and that's what most people will do is if they know the category of product they want they go to the footer try mm-hmm. to get it so um yeah so look what i'm suggesting if i could summarize my point is just that you keep all the material but instead of having it occupy that, that valuable real estate in your navigation, cut it up and let's sprinkle it throughout your website and take the images, the copy, calls to actions, dedicated pages in the footer. And that's where people want this kind of information. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers. 
with Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. You've got it in the navigation. You don't have the endless scroll. Mm -hmm. John and Ryan are happy with that. How do you easily go about sprinkling data throughout your site? I mean, it sounds very easy and magical and great, but I can see how that might be daunting or you know, mm-hmm. confusing for some people like, all right, well, I'm going to put the first half of the vision on this page and the second half on that product. And hopefully they see them both. So I get it together. You need to be reasonable about this. And, and I know you're, you're making light of it with saying half the vision here, half the vision there. But I mm-hmm. think the reality is that there are really a handful of places where this type of information can be helpful. And I'll break it down here in a second about the different pages that, that I think about where what pieces of content could live on different pieces of pages. But the first thing I'll say here is really you should be weaving this throughout every headline in all of your copy, in your product descriptions, your call to actions. Don't just say add to cart, you know, like make it branded, make it fun. Now, don't obscure what needs to happen so that people can't figure it out. But I still think that there's there's a chance for all of this. So that way, the brand story is feeling like a part of the customer experience from when they get to the site to when they purchase or convert. And that's really the goal. So there are a handful of places I would consider this. The first is your homepage hero section, right? So this is the first impression. And I usually get really frustrated with these because I see so many brands treat this as an afterthought. What they do is they picture their latest product release or they say that they're offering 10% off all their products and it's a big sale. Neither of those really tell anybody what you guys do. Who are you serving? What problem are you solving? And what products do you offer that solve that? Instead of just saying, here's our latest product, you need to say, hey, we we cater to to parents who have kids who get scared at night and we we solved it with this cool flashlight or nightlight whatever right hmm. you know or hey parents tired of staying up at night because your kid is scared we solved that with this nightlight developed with your kids in mind something like that right so now it's more about what pain you're solving so then you go to about us area of a homepage and i do think on a homepage there should be an area I'm not talking about most of the page, but there should be a lockup that's about us. And so this is where, you know, I'd love to see a headline with a two to three sentence descriptor somewhere in the middle of the page. It's kind of a reinforcement. It shouldn't be the first thing and you don't need to hide it, but it should be in the middle-ish of the page. And I think it's even if more effective, the most effective ones I've seen were a founder told their story in about a two minute video, right? No more than two minutes, but they sat there and they said, Hey, I invented this because of X, Y, and Z, and here's problems it solves, et cetera. Or the, you know, now we have all these kids products, but it started one night when we, you know, my son kept getting out of bed and here's, you know, the initial nightlight product that now here we are 10 years later, we have all these other products to solve this problem. So, you know, that's a great opportunity to really be telling the founder's story and and introducing them to the why and what problems you're solving. Off the top of your head, do you mm-hmm. have a brand that you've re- rec- recollected? It's like they've actually done a good job with this to kind of give people an example because even some of the big brands that I know of mm-hmm. don't do this part well. No. And so there's got to be some mid-tier brands or somebody that 
you know of? There's two children's products I think do a really, really good job of this. The first is Nanit, N-A-N-I-T, which is a camera where it's like a baby cam that has analytics built in so you can track how your child is sleeping and kind of goes over the crib. And then you can also put like a onesie on the kid that has a special pattern on it. So the camera can then tell you if they stop breathing, it can tell you how much they tossed and turned, like specifically. That's crazy. Um, My wife definitely would have bought that when we had babies. Yeah. Not even close. It would have been bought. Yeah, 100%. There's also another one called the Owlet that is a sock that kids can wear, infants can wear, that is really well done. I know they had to take the product off the market to get FDA clearance recently. So I don't know what's going on at their site over the last few months, but I know it's back on the market. I did hear from them. It's back on the market. We actually used this with my son when he was an infant. Amazing. You put the base next to your bed and put the sock on the kid and a receiver in their room. And it does a little bit of Bluetooth action and it continually monitors their heart rate and oxygen levels throughout the night. (laughs) And it can track movement. It's basically a mini Apple watch that, (laughs) they're wearing a sock on their foot and it's great because you know same thing basically the point was we have all these parents who we know they're losing sleep because they're afraid their kid's gonna you know have an issue in the middle of the night and they're not gonna wake up and now you don't have to worry about that and i'll tell you what after we got that i never slept so soundly because i was like this thing's gonna definitely wake me up it's very loud no that is really cool they have done a good job i just pulled it up like Mm -hmm. the their hero video makes it Mm -hmm. very clear that oh you're giving parents peace of mind and the baby's passed out and then right down below it you scroll your first scroll says you're gonna rest easy Mm -hmm. everything's great oh yeah that's exactly it right and then they get in you know outlet will tell you how they got into it even um where you know they they're very clear about how it was a couple of dads who were really <laughs> couldn't couldn't sleep and their parents themselves and the, what they went through. So, but it's sprinkled throughout the site, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Perfect. I like that example. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So the next I would say is in the homepage. Getting back to like where you could have this information on the homepage in the product areas. So if you're gonna have some products on there, it's pretty common to see a section now of bestsellers or feature products, but. They almost always miss the mark when it comes to storytelling. A lot of brands will just put five images of products with a link to view details or the worst is even add to cart at that point because nobody's ready to purchase. But you know, quite often I see a, a product section that just includes that, that information. It's not really helpful to anybody. So I think this is a great opportunity to include a single kind of punchy line describing what the product is and the benefits to the customer. It could be something, you know, um, I was on a coffee site the other day looking at getting some coffee and it said something like this ethically sourced dark roast is perfect for early mornings at the ski lodge. And does that not just put a vision in your head? You're like, heck yeah, I want to go to a ski lodge right now. Like I want that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And coincidentally it was snowing in Portland. So I think, you know, it, it just can be enough to prime us and help to basically understand how the product will fit into their lives a little better. That's all you're going for. And you can see just, you know, what is that? 10 words did it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a lot. So moving off the homepage, I would also go to the product detail page. I think this is always a great opportunity inside the product details. I think one of the best places to tell the story is in the product detail page areas like the product description, the specifications, materials, sizing, ingredients, all of those things can really be great opportunities to, to brand that copy and, and sneak in more information about who you are. You know, I know we both look at dozens of stores each week and the vast majority to me have cold and just flavorless product copy, unfortunately. Um, 
it might describe what the product is and, and what purpose it serves, but it's presented in the same way that maybe a, a bottle of sunscreen tells you when and how to apply it. It's just super matter of fact. It's not helpful in help me understand the brand or why I would use them. So I think this is an opportunity to bring the personality about the company and the products to the, to the forefront. So the last one is uh, in within a video on a product detail page. And I bring this up last because I know it's hard to produce video content or a lot of people think it is, but they say pictures worth a thousand words. And I think a video is worth 10,000. You know, you can do a lot. I talked earlier about having a video of the founder or, you know, company ownership on a homepage or, you know, that I think that's a great opportunity. You can go a lot deeper on a product detail page. And I think in terms of the quality, you'd be really surprised how low the bar is for consumer preferences, mm -hmm. right? I mean, nobody is, nobody's going to care. Just prop up your iPhone and take a two-minute video about the product. People who do this really, really well, one of our ex-clients, Bear Performance Nutrition, B-A-R-E, Performance Nutrition. Uh, Nick Bear is a natural in front of camera. He's got a... a massive YouTube channel with millions of viewers because he's just really good about documenting his entire journey. Uh, he definitely follows the Gary V document don't create model, but like mm -hmm. he's very good. He's gotten to be good in front of a camera. And so he sits down it just at a, at a desk, kind of like we are now in front of a mic and just like, okay, here's this product. Here's what I use it. Here's what it is. Here's what's in it. Here's the flavors we have. He just talks about the product for two minutes, no more, really quick two minutes. Like, hey, if you want to have a pre-workout drink that really helps you get the energy boost you need before you go work out, this is the product in our lineup that you want. You can mix it in a protein shake. You can take it, you know, in a glass of water if you want. I use this every morning instead of caffeine and coffee. And then I use it with pre-workout right before I work out as well. So he goes on about that and he's like, hey, it's tested in a lab to meet all of the pro sports and Olympic committee stuff, right? And mm -hmm. like he'll go into things like that that are a little bit of benefits and then talk about why they, you know, test everything. So he's really, really good about this. And, and it's not fancy production. It's just him sitting at his desk talking about these things and people love it. We really worked, when we worked with him, we surfaced these items up to the top of the page on product detail pages because it was something we found when people saw that video and watched it. Uh, it did very, very well. Um, and I think they've gone on to redesign their site or they're redesigning it right now. So things to think about there. But there's um, really those two kind of video formats I've seen work well, which is like the product origin story I talked about a lot and then a how-to, like break down the product and say, hey, here's how you use it, why you would use it, when you use it. And then, you know, you can mix and match between the two, but whatever, you know, just don't talk about it for two minutes. Anyone can do that. You would hope so if it's your product. <laughs> can't i'm like mm, is it really good for you next episode is going to be you talking about joyful dirt for two minutes and i want to see where that goes <laughs> hey you can go to the joyful dirt site and i actually have a video on that when you scroll down so there you go i've, I've been All taking right. john pointers awesome okay so in summary get anything about you and your brand and you as the owners out of the navigation that's not where it goes make mm -hmm. allow that to be in the about us at the bottom people are naturally prone to scrolling down there anyway Yep. Even if you've hidden it in a hamburger menu at the top or something, go to the bottom and then take that story and make it obvious no matter where they're coming into the site from a traffic perspective, who you are. Like, Don't make them have to go to the About Us page if they land on a category or product page to know something about you. Mm -hmm. They should get something out of that from saying, hey, I clicked on a shopping ad, got this product page without going to About Us at the bottom. I already know something about this company. And I have a feeling of who they are. Yep. And then it's, I think, constantly testing 
different ways of creating that homepage about us feel like telling somebody who you are without telling them who you are almost. Yeah. I think that's a good challenge for a lot of us smaller brands and even larger brands that haven't got, there's a lot of large brands that don't do things right either. So I don't think it's necessarily large or small, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the percentage of larger brands that have got it right is probably higher than the percentage of smaller brands that has gotten well, it right. I think they got it right at one point. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, if you... There's a great, I think it's called Society Nine, a, a, a woman's boxing brand um, in Portland. Mm-hmm. And the lady worked at Nike and Nike doesn't do boxing specific stuff. And she left Nike and then she started a brand that is all women's boxing apparel and, and gear. And it's serving a niche market, but she's really good about talking about why she's doing that. And the reality is what happens with Nike is that they have, you know, and, and I use them as an example only because we've talked about them and they're a very large brand. Mm-hmm. Their marketing campaign is all now about being seen on an athlete, right? It's just awareness for them. It has nobody, no, I mean, very few people, except for the business world, really care about where Nike came from at this point. What is, what's his book, Shoe Dog, that was mm-hmm. everybody really raves about, you know, the founder of Nike and uh, the story of that. And that's a great business story, but the average consumer could care less, quite honestly, because they saw it on LeBron. So they want, they want it. Um, and they know, you know, but small brands, they don't have that option. You're not going to be able to go pay LeBron millions of dollars to wear it. And so, you know, that's where, you know, the, this lady at Society9, she does a really good job of just um, telling about why she did this. No one was supporting this niche audience and mm-hmm. she loved it. She couldn't find anything for herself. So she decided to do it, take it into her own hands and, and make it happen. Um, so I think, you know, little things like that can go a long way. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. So if you're out there, start testing on some of this content and hero content on the homepage. I think you'll uh, be pleasantly surprised with the content. And then I think I think a lot of brands need to move that brand story outside of the website too. Mm-hmm. I think most people are going to find your brand outside of your website, like social, YouTube, like a lot of your demand generation channels. That's where I focus a lot of my brand content or efforts to tell people who I am. Yeah, yeah. And that was something I said at the beginning, right? Which is people are going to come in already kind of, knowing about your brand to some degree because they heard about you from a friend and uh, now it's time to to really kind of make sure it's weaved into the story so that they're reminded of that as they're thinking about themselves because once they get to the site they're really thinking about themselves mm-hmm. for sure great all right well thank you john i appreciate you educating me and letting me know a little bit more how to how to talk about myself on the website without talking about myself and <laughs> i like it thanks john awesome thanks for Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.